Podcast Answer Man, episode number 145. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today we have another full show of questions and answers, and we're going to be giving you a little bit of an announcement. We're going to talk about PodCamp and see when to launch additional podcasts, what forum software do I prefer, playing audio from your computer to be recorded into your computer, and how do you get people to respond to your show? Well, my friends, those are the things that we are going to talk about. We are going to cover in this episode. And before I begin with the very first announcement of the week, I just want to say that uh, I am getting very close to being caught up on audio questions that are submitted here to Podcast Answer Man. I know it it, it seems impossible, but uh, I guess the fact that I've not been just going on and on and on and on in podcasts, and I've been really addressing several questions each and every week, uh, I'm finally, instead of being about three weeks behind, I'm about, I, I think I have enough uh, audio questions that have been submitted to take care of next week. But beyond that, I think I'm I'm running a little low. So that you know what that means. If you have some questions, things you would love for me to cover here for free on Podcast Answer Man so that you don't maybe you can get out of paying me for a consulting hour or something like that. Give me a call. The phone number, it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is area code 859-795-4067. I'm going to give you that number one more time and I'll probably say it again at the end. 859 859- Seven nine five four zero six seven. That's again twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You just call and leave your voice feedback. I would love to have it. All right, so we're going to move right along, and today I'm going to start things off with an announcement. Um, this is something that is uh, a first time, I believe, in the new media space, especially when it comes to pod camps. Now, you for the for those of you who have been listening for a very long time, for those of you who are podcasters and you're very very much connected to the new media community of podcasters, then you've probably already completely you understand what PodCamp is all about. It's a it's called an unconference. It's a it's a conference of people who have the shared passion of podcasting and new media, and you can come together and and basically when you sign up to go to a PodCamp, it's usually free doesn't have to be anymore. When they first started out, it had to be free. But uh, you can come and and anybody can sign to speak, sign up to speak. You don't have to be approved, uh, stuff like that. Now, the, it is, of course, subject to space and, and stuff like that. But even that's not even a limitation because while you may not get into the schedule and they may have ran out of rooms and meeting times on the schedule, <coughs> excuse me, uh, any, I'm still dealing with a little bit of bronchitis. Um, anybody can still generate a a impromptu session and teach some kind of topic even in the hallway or in in a stairway whatever the case may be um it's just a great concept for people to come together and share ideas all right so anyway the if you go to podcastanswerman.com you'll see on the right hand side you'll see uh, speaking engagements or something like that. And you'll see where I spoke at certain other events. And that, of course, you click on those and they'll link you to posts of previous episodes of Podcast Answer Man where I recorded my talks and put them in as podcast episodes. And, and they're really uh, fun events. They're not just fun, they're informative, but not only that, but you get to network and uh, build relationships with other podcasters. And And that, my friends, I very much encourage you to do. So um, I'm, uh, here's the first, though. I've not seen this one before, but Chris Christensen from the Amateur Traveler podcast is organizing the very first ever PodCamp at Sea. That's right, a PodCamp on a cruise ship. Now, obviously, this is not going to be a free event, uh, but let me just read you some of the details that I have here uh, in an email that Chris had sent over to me. He says, the plans for the new media cruise have been solidified and we have reserved cabins for the cruise, leaving from New York City on June 28th and returning on July 3rd of this year, of course, with stops in Halifax and St. John's. Now, um, who are we? But first of all, Chris is the host of the Amateur Traveler podcast. I think he also does the Bible Study podcast podcast. 
And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's also a co-host on a podcast called This Week in Travel. Anyway, uh, I think altogether he's done probably about 400 podcast episodes. So this is this is somebody who is very much passionate about the field of podcasting. And so uh, just know that the person that's organizing this is not somebody who says, hey, I think this would be a great idea. Let's do this. This is somebody who's plugged into the community. He's well-connected. I really believe that there's going to be some amazing stuff that happens out of this. Now, I believe that he's already contacted Amber Mack from a uh, show called, oh goodness, I can't think of the name, Command N. Uh, And she's also the co-host with Leo Laporte on Net at Night. Anyway, she's in Canada, and I believe she's going to organize a meetup for the people who stop in Halifax. So this this is a big deal. It really is a big deal. Anyway, um, the cost of the cruise for folks, that, now there are three different pricing options. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, instead of telling you the base price plus taxes and port charges, and I'm just going to give you the flat out, what's the end, end all, be all cost uh, for these for these different rooms. Now, an inside cabin, an outside cabin, and a balcony. These are the um, these are the three pricing options there are. So, for an inside cabin, the cost is going to be six eighteen seventy seven, or about six hundred and twenty bucks for per person to be in the inside cabin. If you want to be in an outside cabin, uh, then the price is going to be right around six hundred eighty dollars per person. And then, of course, if you want to have a cabin with a balcony and just my own little uh, thought here, um, the balconies are not big. It's not like you're going to go sit out and, you know, just, you know, lounge back in a in a chair on your on your balcony. These balconies pretty much you you stand outside of the door, the sliding door of your thing. And, and I was kind of disappointed by the balcony options my, myself. I'd just rather just be in an out, outside cabin just where you can kind of look out the window. But that, you know, just so you know, it's it's there. But um, the balcony rooms are 849 or 850 right around $850 per person. Now, you know, cruises, I think, are very affordable ways to go on vacations. It, it, I mean, this is a five-day Canadian cruise. So that's five days. That includes all your uh, meals. It includes all of your your um, uh, hospitality, such as you know your room and port. I mean, everything's covered there. The only thing is, is you need to take some money along for tips. Now, in Chris's email, he says about ten dollars per person per day per tips for tips. I, I I'd consider maybe um, beefing that up just a little bit if you can. Uh, th- those people work extremely hard and. Uh, you know, that, I think that maybe that might be a little on the light side. But anyway, um, it, it, it's a great event. Now, I do want to let you know, I personally will not be on that cruise. I have some other events that are coming up. Um, we've got a major uh, uh, party to start planning for the finale of Lost. And and that event's going to really probably book me up for, for this summer. So uh, now with that being said... You can go and learn more information. You can get in contact with Chris Christensen about this. I've created an easy-to-follow link. If you just go to gspn.tv slash podcamp at sea, and that's all one word. So if you go to gspn.tv forward slash podcamp at sea, you will be able to find all the details there. And, uh, you know, I, I encourage I encourage you, if, you, if you're out there and you can you can make it happen i'm sure it's going to be a ton of fun and i hope that maybe it's a, i hope that it's a huge success because i'd love to have the opportunity to to consider going that that next year and, and maybe they'll make it an annual thing uh, much like many other podcasts are annual you know i didn't mention this up front but i am going to be attending another podcast here very soon and if we go to i'm just going to see if it pulls up here under podcampnashville.com and it does podcampnashville.com podcamp nashville 2010 this i think is the third annual i believe third annual podcamp nashville it is happening on march 6th and i will be there for that podcamp i encourage you if you are anywhere near the pod uh, in the nashville area or within driving distance or even if you want to fly in uh, it is again. I, I love going to podcasts, and I'm very eager to be there. I, and I will be speaking. I haven't uh, seen the ability for me to to sign up uh, for a session. Let me sit, see if I can click create a session. It's it's still blocked out right now. Um, 
or maybe I have to be logged in now. I, I anyway, I need to go back in. They've they've really done some neat things with their their website for PodCamp Nashville. It, it's it's pretty exciting looking. But anyway, uh, PodCamp Nashville, March sixth, two thousand ten. I will be there. It's at some place called the Cadillac Ranch, and uh, I encourage you to come down. And so with that, I think it's time to move on to the next topic. So two PodCamp announcements that I wanted to give you there right up front. All right, we're going to turn to the voicemail now. And the very first caller we have on tap here is Brent Green. And he wants to talk about additional podcasts. Hi, Cliff. This is Brent Green calling in for the podcast Answer Man. Uh, we've got the Pursuing Meaningful Work podcast. We're glad that you've helped us set that up. Got a question for you. There's several different podcasts. I'm just getting really eager to start that kind of revolve around my brand and the topics of finding meaning in life and work. And wanted to get some feedback from you on when you have taken that leap of faith to go ahead and start another podcast or when you've chosen not to. So if you could give a, speak to that a little bit. We appreciate what you do, and we really appreciate how you've helped us set up the Leadership Equip Network and, and the Pursuing Meaningful Work podcast. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Alrighty, so thank you very much, Brent, and uh, great question. I, I, now, Brent, by the way, when he hired me to consult with him, he actually launched two different podcasts at the same time. Not something I really suggest a lot of people do, unless there are two different particular purposes for each of the podcasts. Now, he happens to have a podcast called Pursuing Meaningful, Meaningful Work, and he created another one called Pursuing a Meaningful Life. Now, the Pursuing a Meaningful Work, I think, is an extension of his brand of his business and career coaching. And that's that. if you want to say that would be more like a podcastanswerman.com or podcastanswerman style podcast. And the other one would be more like the, uh, the, the, the old My Crazy Life podcast, which is now the Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast. That, that's one where he does a lot of walkcasts. It's just, you know, really not, uh, f- you know, fully planned out and, and organized. It's basically, uh, pretty, primarily a show where he just shares things off the top of, things off the top of his head, you know, just motivational kind of stuff. So, he, he did have two specific reasons for doing that. My suggestion for when you're going to start a new podcast. Number one, uh, I, I really want to encourage people to focus on building synergy around a podcast. You know, you've got to, I really believe that you, you, when you do a podcast, I believe you should really give it your all. You should, you should put all of yourself in it. And, and I think that those podcasts are the most successful when, when you literally are putting a lot of who you are and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into making your show the best it can be. Now, I understand that there are some times when you might want to just create a second show. And if you do, my suggestion is that when you think about launching a second show, think about this. Is this something that I want to pursue? And is it something I'm going to be able to bring the same level of intensity to as I do my other show? Um, you know, are you really going to be able to maintain an audience if you don't, if the audience doesn't feel like this show is all that important to you? And I will tell you, there are, there over the course of the last five, four years, that I've been podcasting, I have launched plenty of shows. And there have been shows where we just created it and we launched it. And it's not really something that I'm ultra passionate about. But, you know, we decided to launch a podcast. And I'll tell you, those shows that kind of were like back burner shows, they really don't get a ton of my attention. And to be honest with you, they don't generate a lot of response. Now, I have a large enough synergy around all of the content Uh, And specifically the fact that I have this thing called the all-inclusive feed so that if I actually launch a new podcast and it goes out into the all-inclusive feed, I'm I'm pretty much guaranteed at least 200 people are going to download it, maybe 400 people, depending on, you know, where where I release it in the uh, release schedule with everything else. Like if I make it the most recent episode instead of burying it, you know, three, three in out of a day when I might post seven episodes, um, you know, it it, kind of depends. But here's the thing, you know, I, I produced, I've, I've actually done more than 
more than 26, 27 different podcasts over the last few years. And if I, if I look at it now, I'm producing about 10 to 15 podcast episodes per week. And that's, we've got about 12 to, we've got about 12 active podcasts. Now, when I say active, that means relatively uh, consistent with some relevant relative anyway some relative consistency there are new episodes there we've got about 12 podcasts that are active right now we have several that are that are not discontinued but on somewhat temporary or indefinite hiatus but here's the deal i even with the 12 that i do even with the even with the 7 that i do on on thursdays um it, it just sometimes i feel like Wow, I am stretching myself all over the place. Now, my when I went into the doctor recently, he says, "Cliff, how can you fi- how can you possibly talk, you know, continue to come up with things to talk about?" Well, here's the other part of the equation. If you have so much passion about things and 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 all of a sudden that passion is so different that the the target audience for that other po- passion would be a completely different audience altogether. Sure, there'd be some crossover, but a completely different topic, different passion altogether. Then I think it's time to launch a separate show, if that's something you're so passionate about. But be cautious of of losing your you know your focus on on the original show that you had started or the original shows. Don't dilute yourself so thin that you're doing a pretty good job on four podcasts when you could be doing a killer job or an amazing job or a over the top job on, you know, one podcast or even two. Now I believe, and I don't, I, sometimes I, I really struggle, but there are, I, I think for the most part, there are about five shows, five or six shows on our network where I believe I give, I know this doesn't make sense mathematically, but I give more than a hundred percent to about five or six of our shows. That I, I really believe that. I, I give it my all. I mean, I pour a ton into it. Podcast Answer Man, the Weekly Lost Podcast, the Family from the Heart, you know, the Social Media Serenity, Help I Got a Mac, um, you know, Business Tech Weekly, the, 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 the About the Church. The, there are shows that I really, they're, they're all different passions. They're all different audiences. Well, some people listen to a lot of different ones because they share a lot of the same passions. But overall, they're they're di- they're very much different shows. But I believe that I give a lot of attention. I have passion for all of those. Now, the good news is that I don't have to carry all of those passions, all of the show on my own shoulders. Sometimes I bring in a co-host, and that's one of the things that I love about having the Help I Get a Mac show, or the Social Media Serenity show, or the Business Tech Weekly show, or the About the Church show. And Stephanie has the Full Time Mom show. It helps to bring in some some other creative juices, and those people, by golly, when you pick a co-host for your show, they better be passionate about the topic that you're bringing them in as a co-host on. Not to mention the fact that it'd be good if they really like to talk a lot, and that they could they are very good at communicating and and carrying on conversations beyond the yeah that was great. Uh, so uh, somebody with a little bit of charisma and stuff, th- those are all important things. But when do you start another show? I believe as soon as, as as you have a passion that you believe is is so much that you. But I launch a new podcast when I can't contain myself. I launch a new podcast where I feel like I'm going to I'm going to implode if I don't start talking about this on a weekly basis and sharing my heart and passion with people. You know, I I start a new podcast when I believe that there's something that's in me that I so desire to share with other people that I know is going to go along with the mission and purpose of why I podcast. My mission and purpose, if you haven't heard me say it in a while, my mission and purpose in life and in all of my podcasting is this. I want to I want to entertain people. I have a strong desire to entertain people. I have a very strong te- uh, desire to educate people or to teach people things. I, I love to teach. I have the heart of a teacher. 
Um, not only that, but I also want to encourage people. I want to encourage people in all the different podcasts. I, I want to encourage those of you who who don't think that maybe you have the podcasting gene in you to can. I want to encourage you to give it a try. For those of you who are podcasting and you, you're just floating by, I want to encourage you to make it better. You know, and and not to attain what I've attained, because I'm encouraging myself to make this show better all the time. I I'm I want to encourage people that that you really can do things, uh, and also the other thing. So I want to I want to entertain people, I want to educate people, I want to encourage people, and I also want to inspire people. I want to inspire people to be better than who they are. I want I want to inspire people. To, to take things to a level where they didn't even dream possible because I believe we all are so are capable of so much more than what we do and so when I have a pot when I have a uh, a passion for a particular topic a, ter- a particular field of interest and and all of a sudden it's just welling up inside and it's like oh my gosh I must share this you know like the the whole Give, let me give you a personal example of, of this. I, I I just hired a virtual assistant, a VA. I'm very passionate about this topic. I'm very excited. I want to share my experience with people. Well, guess what? Did I launch a new podcast? <gasps> ha ha. When do you not launch a new podcast? Well, you don't launch a new podcast when you can take that passion and it makes sense to fit it into an existing show. So I have this show called Pursuing a Balanced Life. Well, you know what? This whole idea of having a virtual assistant, while the topic is niche and I could probably make a podcast out of, you know, this week and, you know, this week in virtual assistants, you know, or, and stuff like that. Is that something I really want to devote a weekly show to? No. Is it a show that I want to commit to doing every other week? No. Is it something that I'm extremely passionate about? Something that's welling up inside of me and I want to share my experiences? Absolutely. Was there a podcast where it made sense for me to include a series within the course of that podcast? Absolutely. And that was Pursuing a Balanced Life. So instead of starting another podcast called My VA Journey, instead in Pursuing a Balanced Life, I said, hey, this is episode number such and such of Pursuing a Balanced Life, but this is My VA Journey Part 01. And then, you know, I did a couple other random normal episodes of Pursuing a Balanced Life. And then a couple episodes later, I said, this is episode such and such of Pursuing a Balanced Life. This is my VA journey, part zero two. And then a couple more episodes, and then you get the idea. It doesn't have to be in order, in chronological order, but I am sharing my journey when I feel led to share it, when it's all built up and I have something exciting that I want to talk about, and it fits perfect within that topic. Now, here's the cool thing. When I'm finished, you know, or, and I may never be completely finished, but when I get a couple, you know, you know, six episodes in, I shot, I should have probably by then shared a lot of the most important, most valuable and most exciting things that I've learned through my journey from the very beginning of thinking about it to the, how did I get the VA that I want and what's my experience and an interview with my VA, um, you know, and then a couple, you know, how, what's it like after a couple months? Have I learned, you know, what have I learned from the experience? And I may continue to do more and more, but right when I get to about six, seven, maybe eight episodes, I plan on actually taking those episodes and turning them into a digital product where those will be all packaged together and they'll be sold as a product says, you know, hey, are you thinking about getting a virtual assistant? Here I have a program that you can, you know, a package, a digital product that you can download and for X number of dollars, you can get all access to all of these episodes and and you can hear about my journey. And, you know, and maybe even after you have it, maybe you have some additional questions I didn't cover. And then, you know, I can offer at the end of that, I can say, hey, I'll give you a discounted rate since you've purchased this product. I'll give you a discounted rate on an hour of consulting with me to ask any additional questions you might have, you know, or I may include that. I I, I don't know. I, but these are the things kind of things that I'm thinking about. So, Brent, to answer your question, I think you you start another show when it doesn't make sense to fit the current content in the current show. But only start the other show when you feel like you have sufficient passion and 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 um, time and energy and blood, sweat, and tears. You, you got to make sure that you have enough blood, sweat, and tears to put into both shows or into all three shows. Um, 
You know, because each show that you create may have a unique set of audience. And I will tell you, I just did something that was the most difficult thing. I put our Grey's Anatomy podcast on a temporary hiatus. You know, it's indefinite. Um, we did say that, you know, hey, if we get five pieces of audio feedback regarding the show, we'll we'll come around and we'll do a thing. But, you know, we had some folks who says, man, what a bummer. I really love the show. And, and, it, and it kills me. To, to kind of, you know, drop the focus on a show because, you know, that may be the only show that we produce that that person is really interested in. So those are the kinds of things that you need to really be concerned about. Are you going to be able to deliver? Are you going to be able to deliver a quality, high passion, impact, you know, insightful, impacting piece of uh, content on a consistent basis for that audience. Don't neglect an audience and don't assume that that audience that you're going to be hitting with that third podcast is going to be the same as the audience on your other shows. And so when if you decide to just kind of put that show on a back burner, well, it's kind of like just putting people in your quote unquote community on the back burner. And my friend, I'm suffering from that right now. I'm suffering from that right now and, and I don't like it. I don't like it. So anyway, I hope that's helpful. I, know, I don't know if I completely answered your question, but those are some thoughts. Next up, we got a question regarding forum so- software from Charlie Hayes. Hey, Cliff. This is Charlie Hayes. I'm with the uh, Cross Driven Radio Podcast, and I am just starting up my second podcast called WordPress Help Central, which is going to be all about helping people, specifically beginners, with their WordPress questions. And that's kind of where my question comes in. I am looking at doing a forum, and I noticed that you have one, a pretty active one on your community. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit of insight as far as what forum package you use and how you determined which one you're going to use and any advice on someone operating, you know, getting ready to start up a new forum. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Charlie, thank you very much. Another great question there for, uh, for podcasters. What forum software do I prefer? Uh, I just want to say that, um, now Kylie says we've just switched to Google groups for our forum, which is, is one way to do it. Um, I started things out a while ago. Let me first say that I encourage people, if you don't have a community of people to to kind of fill in a forum, if you can't start with about, you know, 15, 20, 30 people in a forum and generate, you know, at least, you know, four or five people who are going to be there on a daily basis, then I want to caution you on the launch, uh, uh, caution you about the premature launch of a forum. You don't want to invite people to come to a ghost town. That's where somebody comes to your forum, they post a message, and then all of a sudden two weeks go by and nobody ever answers your question or comments on your thoughts. So so be careful of that. Now, with with that in mind, you've got you, let's just say you're ready to go, you got some people who are itching to ask questions. You, you know, you, number 1, you know, if you don't have the people there right away, you definitely need to be committed. I mean, you need to be setting the forum up to notify you every single time somebody posts so that you can be right on top of things. And I'm going to encourage you, be right on top of things. I mean, seriously, you've got to commit, you've got to invest until your until your audience, until your community is built up so much that they are doing it for one another. Um, so, so yeah, that's a big deal. I started out using a forum software that was the most popular called PHPBB, so PHP Bulletin Board, and it worked really well until it just continually had to be updated because it's the most popular so, uh, forum software out there, and they were just susceptible to so many spam bots and, and different things that were set to automatically try to register users and post adult-oriented content all over your, your site. It was a mess. It was a big problem. And uh, we literally had, I think, two 3,000 people on our forum, and it, it just got overtaken one day. And it's just like, this is ridiculous. And we were patching. Um, so we moved, we moved away from that. I relaunched my forum. I think we're, I don't know where we're at now. We've got a couple hundred people in our forum today. And, um, I switched over to a forum software that I really do like. It's called SMF forum or or actually it's just called SMF, which is simple machine forum. If you just do a search for SMF in Google, it should pull right up for you. 
Anyway, that's my preferred. Well, whether or not it's my preferred, it's what I use now, and I like it. The other thing that I've done, I encourage somebody go to gspn.tv/forum. One of the things that I've done is you cannot you as a as a guest on our forum. So if you're not registered, not logged in, you'll be able to see not everything. We actually you have to actually be logged in to see everything. And and so there there are things that are hidden from the general public, such as our health, fitness, and accountability. That you have to be a registered member of the gspn.tv forum to be able to see people posting about their health and fitness and accountability updates. Uh, but a majority of our forum, almost all of it, is available to the public. You can read it and browse it for free. And not only that, but Google also reads it and browses it. And they send a lot of links and traffic to our site as a result of the conversations that take place there. And go ahead and go there and try to read through, through some things. You'll see there's a plenty of stuff to read there. But if you go to respond, you'll notice that it, it won't let you because, matter of fact, I don't even think there will be a reply button. There won't, you won't even be able to because we have it shut to where you have shut down or locked up to where you have to be a registered user to uh, be able to to actually post in our form. Now we did notice that with SMF there were still bots out there these these programs that were written to register these fake users that would normally be available to uh you know that um what was i saying i, I kind of got distracted for a second by the uh, chat room but anyway th- there would people pe- these bots would actually start registering usernames and man they were really clever too they were coming up with usernames that really do look like somebody who might be a, a member of your community and and they were getting good at changing the the email addresses to gmail and to hotmail and to all these other different services and the thing is, is they, they go in and, and how these things work, they typically go in, they remain dormant for months and months and months. They get buried into your member list. And then one day they have their, their scripting programs go in and they start using those logins and boom, you wake up one morning and you've got, you've got pornography all over your forum. Absolutely disgusting stuff. I mean, uh, so basically what I've done if you go to gspn.tv slash forum, and if you look in the menu, click on register, and you'll find out there is no way for you to register to our forum. It is not possible for you to register to our forum automatically. No scripting bot will be able to do it. In fact, if you go there, there are, an inst- there are instructions on how you can become a member of our forum. I'm not going to go into all the details. It's actually it's so simple. It's, it's, it's too funny. But it has, it has decreased the amount of attempts for spammers to get into our forum by 100%. Absolutely zero. Zero spam. And Amanda, as she would say, she says, I'm so glad Cliff keeps the creeps away from our forum. And that is correct. We are very strict with our forum. Now, with that being said, it doesn't cost anything to become a member of our forum. Uh, but we we do have a process. We have a process of making sure that the people are real. And, and honestly, there's no bot way for people to, to you know, because nobody else out there does it my way. And bots only work if, you know, tons of people are using the same process. And so we have a unique process. And if you want to learn what it is, go to gspn.tv slash forum and click on register. And in, in fact, if you're listening to this podcast, I, in, I encourage uh, you to to uh, definitely uh, register for our forum. All right, so that was uh, Charlie Hayes. Next we have Luke, who he wrote this in. Oh, gosh, this was a long time ago, my friends. I, I, I just dug this out. I told you I'm getting ready to get caught up, so get those questions in, 859-795-4067. Uh, anyway, Luke, Luke wrote in a long time ago. He says, hey, I've, I'm thinking about buying your podcast answer man package number two. He says, but I have a question before I do. Would it be possible to take the audio from a computer, send it into a mixer, and then take the audio from the mixer, including your microphone, so that you're talking and the music's there as well, and bring it into the same computer. Is that possible? And well, rather than trying to explain it in an email, because you guys, I I prefer doing things with audio, uh, this is what I sent back to him via email. Hey Luke, Cliff Ravenscraft here. I understand you want to know if whether or not you can take audio from your computer, bring it into your mixer, and then take the audio plus the 
you know, the sound and voice from your microphone into your computer. Basically, in essence, playing audio and recording with the same computer. And I want to let you know that, yes, it is possible. In fact, right now I have a MacBook where I have a line going from the headphones jack into one of the lines on the mixer. Obviously, I have my microphone hooked into the mixer as well. And this is being recorded on the same computer uh, that this is all hooked up to. And so basically, I'm on the Mac right now. I am going to go ahead and hit play. And there you go. There is music playing in the background. And in essence, what's going on is the music is coming from the MacBook, going into the mixer, and then going back into the microphone input or line-in input on the MacBook. So definitely possible. It's uh, definitely possible on the PC as well. However, there could be some switches that you need to turn off uh, on the line-in to make sure that the line-in's not automatically also playing and unmuted for the speakers. Hope that helps. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, so there you go. That was the answer. And, of course, for those of you on a PC, there is at least, oh, goodness, the biggest pain in the rear end with Vista and, and Windows 7 these days and their sound drivers. Oh, absolutely horrendous. But anyway, Windows XP, it's real easy to, to, to do this as long as your drivers aren't messed up there as well. Uh, but anyway, you got to watch it. If you're line in, you're, it, it is possible for you to take your line in and have that... Uh, patched through your sound mapping software so that actually whatever's plugged into your line in will also play through your speakers. Well, if you do that, then you get this loop and, and stuff like that. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than what I wanted to go through. Uh, but to answer Luke's question, it is possible to bring the audio out of a computer, play it, come have it come through your mixer, hear it in your headphones, as well as hearing your own voice through your headphones that's plugged into your mixer as you're recording into that same computer. And uh, so technically it's possible. I highly advise against it. I mean, I couldn't advise against it any more than I I do, but I I strongly advise against it. In fact, in my studio here, I, you know, and and of course I know I, the thing is, is you guys got to understand. And and I, for me, podcasting isn't just a hobby. It is something that I mean, this is my career. So for me, I've got my I've got a computer over here with that has Skype on it. That is the only thing that that computer is used for. I've got a computer here that that plays these audio clips and and during the show, uh, it it actually is used for several other things such as watching the chat room and and browsing the web. But pretty much, it's not being used to record. It's just playing audio. Uh, and then, of course, I have another computer, a, a third computer that is used for sending the audio and video out from my mixer out to Ustream for the people who are watching on the web. So that's three computers. And then, of course, we do have a fourth computer in here, and that's my MacBook. And that's typically for my co-host that might be in the studio so that they can monitor and also type and interact with the chat room when they're here. Uh, so I prefer using all of this. And by the way, you didn't hear me mention about anything about a computer being used to record my audio. And that's because you would not be able to twist my arm enough to get me to ever record. I mean, obviously, I recorded the answer to that question for Luke there. Um, I don't know if you could hear it or not. But there was before I started playing the music, there was still a little of a there. And I could have I could have used a noise reduction to get that out. But, you know, even noise reduction, it kind of it kind of um, does a little bit of wash on. The, I just don't like it. So with that being said, um, it, it's possible. I just don't like recording into computers. So um, but he, he it, you know, some people have to. I understand that. And please understand me. You know, I'm highly opinionated on this topic. I like to do things the way that I do them. And if you do it differently, please understand that just because you do it differently doesn't mean I think less of you. It's just not something I would want to do. Not something I would want to do. All right. So and and I do advise against it there. You know, it's not to mention the fact that these computers crash from time to time. And uh, I've I've certainly had my bad experiences with it. And, uh, you know, occasionally somebody will say, you know, I've been recording, you know, 40 episodes. and I've never had a problem. And I'm like, I am so thankful to hear that. You know, but a good friend of mine, you know, I think Daniel was the most recent person to talk to me. And uh, he says, you know, I, I I used to record into a computer and I never had a problem. I heard you talking about recording into a digital recorder all the time. And I never really, you know, did that until one day I sit there and recorded a 
conversation. And next thing I know that, you know, the record, I can't remember if he said the recording just wasn't there or there was this just really loud hiss all the way through. I mean, just something that could not be taken out. I can't remember which it was, but yeah, he records into a, a digital audio recorder now and that's all he does now. So, um, just my thoughts there. All right. So, uh, moving along. So we have the last, uh, we have the last question of the day here and it actually is two people. Same question. I think, um, yes, that is, wait a second. How do you give, how do you, how am I missing somebody's feedback? Uh Oh, I think I'm gonna have to pause. Here. Oh no. Okay. That's Nick. Okay. All right. So Tony and Elisa, they have a, a site called one extraordinary marriage.com and they said, hey, Cliff, I got a question for you about reaching subscribers to our podcast. These last couple of podcast answer man episodes, you mentioned that podcasters uh, need to build relationships with 25% of our subscribers. And and by the way, just right there, I believe that podcasters should build relationships with their subscribers. 25 cent, 25% is good if you have, you know, is a good number. If you have 100 or 200 subscribers, I think, you know, trying to get to know 25% of your audience isn't too bad depending on how serious you are about building community with your podcast. So yeah, I, 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 that's fair enough. Now, when you get, you know, 60,000 subscribers, you know, maybe 25% might be reaching for the stars, but you know, Hey, you get the idea. And there, and there are ways to build community with your audience, not directly, but plugging them into each other. But anyway, all of that being said, he says, you then go on to say that we should learn their first name, last name, and one other thing about them. Yeah. I'm not saying that you should, but I'm saying if you do, that is definitely going to be, it's going to carry a whole lot more weight. It's going to help really drive your brand and your connection with your audience a long way. You know, it's it's not very hard to get somebody's first and last name. That usually is included with an email if they were to just email you. Uh, anyway, so he says, my question is this. How do you even get their name? I mean, I, mean, I can see on FeedBurner that we have about 43 subscribers, which, by the way, don't depend on that number. You may have a whole lot more than 43. You I, you won't really have any less than what FeedBurner tells you. Chances are you have a great deal more than what FeedBurner is telling you. I'm not a huge fan of the stats at all on FeedBurner. I, I prefer stats on Libsyn myself. I understand Blueberry does a good job on stats as well. Uh, but anyway, don't you, if you if let's just put it this way. If, if FeedBurner says you have 43 subscribers, you've got more people. Not to mention the fact that uh, of the content that I produce, uh, 40%, 30 to 40% of my audience never even touches the RSS feed. They're listening to every episode via the website using the Flash audio player. So again, don't trust. You, you, let's just put it this way. You guaranteed have more than 43 subscribers to your podcast. All right, so, but how do I go about learning who these folks are? We are excited to see that we have so many folks subscribing to our podcast, but need some help with connecting to them. All right, so um, before I answer your question, I'm going to go to Nick, who also asked a very similar question, and here's what Nick had to say. Hey, Cliff, this is Nick Padley giving you a call. Uh, I am actually calling in for the podcast Answer Man, and I have two questions for you today. The first is I know you've covered a lot of voicemail feedback stuff, but I haven't yet heard you give, and you may have done this already, but I haven't yet heard you give uh, a couple of good ways to drive people to give you voicemail feedback. The second thing is, when people are calling your voicemail feedback line, what would be a good format to have the outgoing greeting say? Do you want to maybe have people leave their name and where they're from? Do you need to provide them that guidance? Or should you just have something that says, thank you for calling this podcast? If you would like to leave a message, please do so after the beep. Uh, love to hear your answers to those questions. Thanks a lot, and God bless. All right, Nick, thank you so much for your question. So so both Tony and Elisa are like, and, and also Nick, you, you guys are asking the question, how do I get people to respond? How do we do it? It, it can't be any easier than just to tell you, you got to ask. You got to ask. I'm not a big fan of giving incentives for people to call. Um, there are some folks I know out there that they give away gift certificates for, you know, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, all this other things. Sure. That's great. Uh, you know, I, I, I look at the, the perception, you know, of, of what that might look like to the eye of, of, of somebody who's listening to your podcast. Um, 
so so there there are those things but just asking people to call now here's the things now you really gotta you gotta really worry about the treading the line of authenticity and transparency and being real you know i'm a huge fan and a huge proponent of being real and authentic and i'll be honest with you i'd rather beg i'd rather beg you to leave me feedback than to quote unquote ask a friend of mine to call and ask a question on the voicemail hotline but if you need to do so by golly do it now now my own personality my own authenticity would require of me and i'm not saying that this should be required of you but if all of a sudden i launch a new podcast and i'm just you know i've got i've i've got the voicemail feed line happening you know i i've i've went through and man i it took me 2 hours to get that greeting just right nobody's using it so i'm going to call my good friend dg up and say dg man do me a favor. Please call and ask. As a matter of fact, I'll even give you the question. And and I'd play. You know what I would do is I would still pri- I would prime the pump by saying, you know what? Here's a call from one of our listeners. And then I'd play the call and I would answer the call. And then afterwards, my own authenticity would require that I say full disclaimer here. To be honest with you, DG, he may or may not listen to the show. He's just a friend of mine, and I begged him to call in. In fact, I supplied him the question. But that just shows you how how passionate I am about this show and how much I want to interact with you that I'd be willing to go out of my way to just show you what it sounds like, and your voice would be sounding great in my show. So seriously, it is about just asking. And you know what? You can't just ask once. you got to ask over and over again. It literally, for a brand new podcaster, starting from scratch, don't even expect voicemails to come in for the first 30 days, for the first four or five episodes. And you got to really continue to ask and ask and ask. And what you do is you take any kind of feedback that comes your way and you start sharing it. You start sharing it. Um, if they email you, then read the email. If they leave a comment on the blog, well, by golly, read the comment and the name of the person who commented on your blog and read it in your show. Let people know that feedback is in, in the community is the center point of what you want to focus on. And when you do that, then the calls will start coming in. In fact, the calls will start coming in so much that you know you'll you'll find yourself saying, you know what, that's a great question. Here's a place to do this. You can either talk to the other people in the forum by writing in, or if you want to get it into the show, do me a favor, please give it us give us a call on our list, listener feedback hotline. And that's how I get a lot of people. I mean, we probably have about. Uh, right between 30 to 40 email or voicemails a week that come in to gspn.tv but it's because i ask and then play them and and interact with them and stuff like that and so and and of course and you and then tony i know going back to yours um nick was asking specifically about the voicemail feedback highlights but for tony and elisa how do you start learning these people's names well you just beg people to email you Email you, you beg them to come to your forum or to your, to your website and leave a comment. And, and when they leave a comment, usually there's at least a first name. And what you want to do is when there's a comment, you want to interact with that person. I would actually take the comment and respond via email. Now, when you do that, I would put the response that you sent in your email also as a follow-up comment on the website so people know that you do respond. Now, if anything happens beyond that, then you and it and it becomes a little bit more personal, which hopefully it will, especially when I know about what the details of your particular podcast are. Um which by the way, go check it out, folks, uh, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Uh but anyway, you're going to start interacting with those people and and you're going to when you start emailing back and forth you're going to get to know that person's name and you're going to there you're not it's not necessarily that you're going to say okay can i get at least one other personal detail like where do you live you know or what do you do for a living it's just going to naturally happen it's just going to naturally come out of the place or, or come out of the conversation and you know what i do i'm very intentional and i'm very open about this i have a program that i i just per, that i pay a monthly fee for called high rise if you go to gspn tv forward slash high rise i pay i think i pay 29 bucks a month but it's not but it's this amazing contact manager and every time i have a meaningful conversation or a meaningful connection with somebody in our community 
I actually copy and paste and put that into the notes under the contact for that person and it keeps it organized. And that way, when somebody says, you know, hey, you know, did you hear about what happened to so-and-so? And I pull it up. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I, you know, we had been talking about that and, and, and now I need to, now, I, and matter of fact, I, when somebody's email signature has their phone number, you know, there's a lot of people who have their phone numbers, their addresses. Anytime I see those things, I take all that information. I put it in my contact list. And so I, I really take these relationships seriously. And, and I, I think that I think we all should. And so you had one other question, um, Nick, about your greeting. Uh, your greeting should just be you. It, it should have your personal flair. Now, what do I do? I'm going to just tell you what I do. You know, basically, it, it's kind of like, um, hello, you've reached the voicemail feedback hotline of the Generally Speaking Production Network. I'm so glad that you've called. We look forward to hearing your thoughts, your questions, your comments on one of our shows. Please do us a favor and start off with your name, where you're calling from, and then mention the name of the show that you're calling for, and then whatever you want to say. Anyway, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just try to keep it about you know uh, two to three minutes. Uh, two minutes or less is even better. Uh, we just look forward to interacting with you. Thank you for joining the community. And uh, just wait for the beep. You know, it, it doesn't, I mean, just anything. But the, the key ingredients that I like and I prefer is I want to know your name. I want to know where you're calling from. And I want to know what's on your mind. You know, and for me, because I have so many shows, I want to know what, what show you're calling in for. But if you only have one show, it's it, I, I really like what's your name, where you're calling from, and what do you got to say? And those, those are the key ingredients. But as far as that greeting is concerned, just make it sound like you. Don't, don't make it sound like a corporation. Don't make it sound like it has to be too ultra professional, anything like that. Just be yourself. Anyway, thank you all very much for tuning in to the Podcast Answer Man podcast. I love to have you guys tune in each week. It just means a lot to me. I thank you for all the voicemails that you do submit to this. Like I said, I'm just about caught up on all of them now. I have enough for at least one more episode, probably one and a half. So if you want to start asking your questions, get them answered here at Podcast Answer Man. Give us a call on our listener feedback voicemail hotline. I'm begging you right now. 859-795-4067. 859-795-4067. You want to hire me and give me a lot of money to teach you all the things that I know? I'm open for that as well. I am available for podcast and new media consulting. And you can get in touch with me at... Um, well, I'll tell you what. Go to podcastanswerman.com. My email address is spelled out correctly. Some people do the whole Ravenscraft things a little, a little different got to watch out there and get it spelled right but it's cliff at ravenscraft.org i look forward to hearing from you all and uh, i'll be back next week lord willing with a whole new episode with more of your questions and my answers and uh, we'll talk to you then until next time everybody join the community 